Welcome to the Vancouver Tomatora Lost and Found podcast, where we interview and reminisce with some of our beloved teachers from back in the day. I'm your host, VTT alum of 1989, Richard Rabkin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of the Vancouver Tomotora Lost and Found podcast. And where better place to start than at the beginning, as we interview longtime and beloved kindergarten teacher, Sandy Baker. You may have known her as Sandy Katz. She um, was a teacher at Vancouver Tomotora 1980 to 2009, almost 30 years. Sandy, welcome. Hi, Richard. Nice to be here. So fantastic that you're doing this, and we're so excited to walk down memory lane with you. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you ended up teaching kindergarten at Tomatora. Well, it's a, a kind of a convoluted story, but I grew up in Montreal and went to Teachers College in Montreal. Um, in, in my mid-twenties, my husband and I moved out to Vancouver, and we had small children out here. I wasn't teaching at that time. I had been teaching in Montreal before our move, and um, I really loved teaching grade six and grade four, and I always said I would never really want to be in a classroom teaching, any, uh, teaching children any younger than grade four age. That was, they were just delightful. Well, we moved out, as I said, to Vancouver, and then just after a couple of years of living here, we got transferred to Toronto. By the time we were in Toronto, the kids were a little bit older and now going to school, and so I decided I'm going to go back to substitute teaching since I was still needed in the house, but I, I had some free time. I said, I'll, I'll try my hand at substitute, uh, substitute teaching. Uh, that was in North York. Well, the uh, dispatcher for substitute teaching kept phoning me and, and asking me to teach kindergarten. Uh, and I found that I loved it. I loved the freedom of the kindergarten classroom. I could sing. I could tell jokes. We could laugh. I didn't have books for the kids to open. I could make up programs. I could put things in and be very very free and very creative. Now, uh, after five years in Toronto, we got transferred back to Vancouver. And the first thing I said was, I'd like to go back to teaching, but I'd like to have a permanent job, but perhaps not full-time. Since my children uh, were enrolled at Talmatora, I said, I'm going to try my hand at getting a job there. I went to Tomatora. I was interviewed by uh, Tommy Widrich at the time. He was principal, and he said, what would you like to teach? He had quite a few grades open, and I said, I would like to try kindergarten. I'd like that. Uh, and so he, I did a practicum, a little, a little um, teaching uh, in front of him a couple of times, and he obviously... Uh, liked what he saw, and he said, okay, I'm slating you in for kindergarten, and that's how it started, and that's where I stayed <laughs> for almost 30 years. Wow, that's really amazing, and who were the, I guess, 
either the principals that you dealt with or some of the major teachers that you dealt with over the years? Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we had Tommy Woodrich and Rabbi Altschul were the heads of um, general studies and uh, Judaic studies, respectively. And uh, my goodness, we went through an awful lot of... uh, of heads of school or principals uh, during my time. There was um, Rabbi Biber, there was Mr. Epstein, there was Hugh Burke, um, Joanne Greenwood for a time, um, Terry Tadman, um, Kathy Lowenstein. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm missing out a few, Uh, but anyway, I still remember one of the funniest things that happened was uh, it was a retirement party for Shoshana Sandelson, who had been a longtime teacher of um, Judaic studies in grade one. I had her. She was fantastic. Uh, Yes. Okay. So we're now, it's a bunch of teachers. We're sitting in the old gym and we're doing kind of an informal retirement party for Shoshana. And Shoshana is asked to stand up and say a few words, and so she did. And during her little summary of her years at Tomatora, she went through and enumerated all the different um, principals and heads of schools that we had, and she, and she said, and you know what? The best was then we had nobody at all. <laughs> that was it. We did have a year when we didn't have a head of school or principal, and the school did run very, very well. So. When you're retiring, you can say that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we all laughed. <laughs> we still do whenever we think of it. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> it might not be politically correct, but there you go. So, so let me ask you, you had the opportunity to teach in both uh, secular public schools and then in Jewish school. Uh, what, if any, difference would you say there was, and, and did you prefer working in the Jewish environment? Well, Talmud Torah was a great school, Ken. You know, I think all of us who worked there enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, it was... The teachers really did make it a family of, of friends, colleagues, and uh, we enjoyed one another, enjoyed the whole experience. Uh, teaching in a secular school uh, was different. I know when we started teaching, Sharon Isaacson and I started back in 1980, and we both came from Montreal, and we both came from that secular uh, teaching experience, we found that um, the kids at Talmatora uh, didn't have quite the same uh, regard for rules, perhaps, as the kids in the secular schools. And um, we thought that maybe we could inject a little more decorum into the uh, the scene uh, in the hallways when it was lunchtime or before school or even between between classes when there was a lot of movement, uh, certainly in the upper grades, moving around. So 
Sharon and I sat down in my living room that first year, uh, 1980, and we came up with um, the, in those days, we each had different names. So it was the Cat's Decent uh, Rules of Order, which we, we tried to, we've tried to enumerate all the different ways that the teachers or the, or the kids would be able to uh, perhaps follow and, and have a little more decorum in the hallways. Well, it went nowhere, I can tell you. <laughs> the teachers were terribly interested, and uh, the kids weren't interested, and we quickly let it go, and we said, you know what, Tomatora is Tomatora. The kids learned a whole lot in Tomatora, and it was, I think, for most of the kids, a lot of fun, a lot of a good place to, to go to school, a good place to make friends. And uh, I know... In your own in your own situation, you have lasting friendships from Tomatora, and so do I. So there you go. Forget about the rules of order. We had a lot of fun, and we learned a lot. I certainly do have lifelong friendships from Tomatora, and I just want to give you a different perspective. You know, I graduated in 1989, so I remember going with a friend of mine named Maddie once to his public school. It was Osler, um, and uh, we had a PD day that day, so he pretended that I was his cousin from uh, from Winnipeg, I think, and I remember going there, so we were in grade six at the time, thinking, oh my goodness, this is the way the kids behave here, we don't behave like this at Tomatora, so maybe your rules had an effect. Um, I, you know, I want to ask you a, another question. You, you obviously have a unique perspective in that you taught for so many years, 30 years. What, if any, changes did you see in the kids over the course of um, that time? Um, I think over the years, what happened was the kids became more involved in not just themselves, but in the greater world around them. Um, I know up in the grade sevens, the Tikkun Olam program was very, very effective and still is. Uh, uh, Sari Azaks, who who instituted it, unfortunately has since passed away, but she started a great, great uh, program, which still uh, it, it, I guess it's her legacy to to the school and to the kids, and it was very profound. But that also came down even down into the kindergarten uh, classes. Um, uh, we had cookie drives. We we did a lot of of programming to involve the kids thinking more of what's happened in the world around them, what are the needs of others, not just of our own needs. Uh, so there were lots of things that we did. I'm, try- I'm trying to think now. It's hard to remember. As I said, we, we, um, we had cookie sales to raise money for different funds outside of ourselves, outside of our school. Uh, that was just the kindergarten kids. I'm not sure what's going on in the school now. I think that these, you know, these kind of things are still happening, probably even more so. Okay, interesting. And what, if any, changes did you see in the parents 
over the years. I'll just say in my own situation, you know, at least it was my feeling that my ki- my parents basically said to me, you know, okay, you know, here's the address of the Tomatora, best of luck getting there and getting back and uh, let us know when you graduate from university. Um, where I feel like today I'm, I'm so involved in my kids' education, even starting at kindergarten. Did you notice any differences in, in parents or, or that structure over the years? Uh, I did. Uh, I had the same situation as you, Richard. When I went to school, um, I'm not even positive that my parents went to the uh, parent-teacher night. They, perhaps they did. I don't recall. I know my father had difficulty remembering what grade I was in. Uh, it was a whole different time, as of course, you know, my parents, my parents, my father drove, but he drove to work at home. My mother didn't drive. School was somewhere that the kids went to, and that was it. Um, over the years, certainly with the parents in my class, oh my goodness, we had, uh, you're right, when we started it was much more uh, parents, you know, bringing the kids to the door, um, me shaking their hands, welcoming them, book out of, uh, come in, so on and so forth, and the parents leaving. But over the years, I felt that the parents um, were a, a much more, uh, much more of a presence in the class. I had parents who came uh, and talked about um, different things they had done in their lives, whether they were telling about their their different occupations. I had parents who ran yoga classes for the kids. Um, I had parents coming to talk about um, different uh, different uh, difficulties that they that their kids might have had. I had a parent who came over the years, different parents who came, who brought their younger child to the classroom, and we talk about um, how children grow and how you know what we have to do as big, bigger brothers and sisters to help them grow and so on. The parents were a very big part of of all of our programs. In kindergarten, it wasn't too difficult either because we also had many, many field trips. So the parents were always invited to come along on, on that. But uh, more than the field trips, the parents became much more integral part of our programming. We, uh, you know, coming into the class and talking about their own experiences or leading different programs, as I said, uh, such as yoga or baby and me program. Um, I'm, I'm curious also if you can tell in some way what a child um, is going to turn into just by seeing them in kindergarten. Like, can you say, you know what, this one's going to be a brain surgeon or, or conversely, this one's going to prison. Like how much can you see about a kid by observing them in kindergarten? Well, that's a good one. Um, no, I don't, (laughs) I think it's pretty difficult to tell for me anyway. Um, I've had, because kindergarten, kids are so young, and there's so much more time for them to blossom. Um, There are, you know, there are times when you see a child who is having a lot of difficulties, and you know that life is not going to be easy for that child. 
uh, things are going to be more difficult. Life is going to be have a lot more bumps in the road. Um, but for most kids, it's hard to tell. I've had kids who seemed so shy in kindergarten, and um, they blossom, and you meet them as adults, and they're totally they they present totally different differently than they they did as children. I've had kids who were major, um, I can't say behavior problems, but they had, you know, a lot of, a lot of incidents in kindergarten where you'd have to step in and, and really, um, you know, deal with a child and help him over those rough spots. And these, you know, some of these children have gone on to be, um, psychiatrists and psychologists, you know, helping others deal with problems. Um, then I've had the, you know, the Seth Rogen, <laughs> who's, who was a, a joker in kindergarten and has gone on to uh, far more jokes. Uh-huh. So basically what you're telling the helicopter parents is just to chill out. Well, yeah, it's, 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 too early to know, but I, I think a lot of the parents, uh, yeah, it's true, I mean, we discuss this very often, actually, amongst my, my, my friends who are all in the seniors category now, and we always say, uh, we always harken back to when we were kids, we say, we had the luckiest childhoods of all, we'd go out to play, in fact, your mom was just saying this the other day, too, you know, and We'd be playing out, and then at dinner time, you see the parents out on the balconies. You know, they'd all be yelling, "Come on in for dinner!" That's when that's when we knew to come in. But other than that, our parents were sort of in another universe in the house, or we were we were free out in the streets, and we could wander and do. And and nowadays, you don't have that. But I think parents are also becoming more aware of that now and that they have to loosen the reins a little bit on their kids and allow for for that kind of freedom, allow for uh, children to do exploring on their own. Um, I know, you know, I'm not, I'm, even though I, I, I was a teacher, I'm not biggest person in favor of putting a child, a very young child, into school all day. I always say kids need time when they're not programmed, when they don't have an adult supervising them and telling them what to do and this is what, how we're going to do it. Um, they, need, they need the time just to maybe even do nothing and just daydream or, or play on their own. Um, you know, making things up, whatever, being creative on their own. But I, I do think that parents nowadays realize that um, their, their children do need that time and, uh, and perhaps are able to back off a little bit. So you're in favor of letting kids be kids and let them play and joke around, and, and, and if they're joking around a lot, they may even be the next Seth Rogen. Okay, very good. Um, what do you think about, you know, also having that Jewish environment at a young age? You know, uh, there could be some 
parents or even as we grow older, we wonder, you know, was it really necessary? Um, I know my kids, I, I have three kids and I have uh, my twins are getting close to 13. And they often say when if we talk about um, the Torah portion, Parshat Shavua, they often say, you know, the most I learned about the Parsha was from kindergarten. I remember it all. So, like, do you get a sense at all that those lessons that they learn from kindergarten are important to stick with them? Or do you say, you know what, this is just an age where they play and that's the emphasis? Um, certainly, I'm, I, I kind of lost you a little bit at the end there, but um, it, the, the, the stories that we told from the Torah uh, in kindergarten, I think when, and when your kids say that's what they remember, probably because we told them as stories and often acted them out and often gave a lot of flavor to the stories in the storytelling that perhaps they don't get as richly in when they get older. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, you know what, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat what you said because I'm not sure if exactly what the thrust of your question yeah, was. Yeah, no, I, I was just wondering if you think that those lessons that they learn in kindergarten, um, especially being in a Jewish environment, whether those are lessons that last with them for the rest of their lives, or is it too early to make an impression? I don't think it's too early to make an impression at all. Uh, if I think back to my own life, those are the stories that resonate with me. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the stories that I learned as a little child are the ones that stay with me more than the ones as an adult. Uh, and I, I think it might be true for all of us. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, and in, in terms of um, the stories, I don't know, they're so rich and they're so good. And they all have some sort of lesson that we learn. Uh, when we get older, of course, we learn much more uh, behind the lesson, behind the story. But um, I'm so glad that, you know, that I had a chance to learn them in my, in my uh, younger years. And I'm hoping that the stories that we told in kindergarten will stay with the kids. I'm sure. And likewise, do you think any of the relationships that the kids forge are stronger from when they start from kindergarten? I'll just ask because, you know, I started in grade one and I kind of always felt like the kids that were there from kindergarten always had these inside jokes about nap time and apple juice that I wasn't really a part of. So uh, do you see any difference in kids that, you know, that start early as opposed to ones that join a little bit later or not really? Well, it's hard for me to tell since I'm at the very beginning. You'd have to ask a teacher up in, you know, up in the grade seven area. You know, do you see any difference in the in the friendships that these kids have? Um, I don't think I, I don't think that because you started in grade one, there would be a whole lot of difference. Uh, yeah, you might have missed out on the uh, the apple juice and nap time stories, but. Let's face it, there are a lot more stories that, that go with you. Um, so, no, I, I don't think there would be, not certainly not, not, you know, if you came in at grade seven, let's say, or grade six, yes, I think kids already have a lot of good friends. 
Um, but then again, um, you know, when I look over my life, all the friends that I had in kindergarten, grade one, grade two, they're not here. They're, they're, you know, those were friendships in Montreal. I've made all new friends here in Vancouver. Uh, granted, a lot of them are ex-Montrealers, but I didn't, other than your mom, I didn't know any of them in Montreal. We're all new friends, and um, very often, because you're far away from home, new friends become your your family, uh, which has happened to all of us here. So the fact that you know kids don't uh, have the same bonds, perhaps uh, uh, that they might have had with kids who went to kindergarten or nursery, uh, well, you know, that means very little when you get to be an adult. I love that my mom is getting a lot of plugs in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your mom, she's a force. <laughs> it's hard not to talk about her. Um, speaking of a force, this is something that I oftentimes wonder after, um, you know, when I play with my six-year-old, uh, after about an hour, I need to take a nap. How do you... For over 30 years, have the energy to keep up with all of these five-year-olds for a whole day. Well, let me tell you, it got it got a little a little rougher at the end, uh, especially on my knees. I was having some knee trouble. In fact, I had uh, each knee had uh, uh, meniscus surgery on it. But uh, at the time, luckily, I had an assistant in my classroom, and when circle time was over and I would have to get up off the floor. Either a kid would help me, one of the kids beside me, or my assistant would help me because those knees were getting a, a, a really tough time of it. But in terms of energy, I actually have a lot of energy, so that was never a problem. Like, you know, I still I still work out every day. I go biking and I uh, do classes and stuff like that. So that was never a problem. Um, and I never came home and took a nap. <laughs> Richard, you might need some, you know, I don't know, vitamin B12. But uh, you use a lot of energy with kids in kindergarten, but they give you a lot of energy. So, you know, I, I think one of the, the main things that I've always said about teaching is you have to have fun. You know, if it's if it's not fun for the kids, if they're not really engaged, um, they'll let you know. Kindergarten kids are very open, very open, and they'll say, you know, if it's not good, if it's if they're not having fun, they'll say to your face, "This is boring." Right. Or they'll start rolling around on the floor. Um, <laughs> so you don't want that. Right. Yeah, that's good instant feedback. Yeah. Um, what, you know, as we kind of get to the end of our conversation, it feels like it's going too quickly, but I'm wondering what some of the kind of major things that you look back and remember over the years, if you were to look back on your 30 uh, fantastic years at Talmatora, what are some of the things that stand out, whether they're just programs that you did in the class or people that you met, or does anything kind of come to mind? Oh, loads of things loads of things. The kids, you know, some of the kids are unforgettable. Um, I wish I could say every child was, but I'm not, I don't have that prodigious a memory. 
Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to remember all the kids. Uh, if I look at their pictures, I do have a, an album of photographs of every kindergarten class I had ever taught. And when I see their faces, ah, yes, of course, how could I forget this one? How could I forget that one? Oh, you know, you remember them. Uh, I remember a lot of the programs that I did. I I loved, um, I loved uh, teaching about China. I loved teaching about Chinese New Year and having our Chinese kosher feast day. Uh, I, I loved, uh, I don't know, so many things. Um, a lot of the, um, a, a lot of the um, field trips that we took um, in the day we we would I would take the kindergarten kids down to Stanley Park when we were doing our First Nations program and they would draw their version of the totem poles that we that we uh, looked uh, looked at in Totem Pole Park and then from there um, we'd get in the bus and we'd drive to the hollow tree and uh, we'd all gather and see how many kids can fit in the in the hollow of the old hollow tree, and we'd sing Hinema Tovu Manaim. There were just, you know, so many things that, that I really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed my colleagues, the laughs that we had, planning the programs uh, with so many. I, I had a lot of different colleagues in kindergarten, um, Huva Harrell, Sandy Evans, uh, Debbie Silversmith, um, Oh, gee, it, it, it's hard to remember all of them. Marnie Fadida, who's still teaching there. Um, we just had wonderful times with the programs and then with the staff altogether. Uh, Mary McDonald, Eric Lee, Ian Armstrong. I'm thinking of t- teachers who've, uh, Eric and, and Ian have since passed away. Um, you know, the, the laughs. Myra Michelson, who's still teaching there. Um, my friends Florence Lapidus, Rona Schneiderman, Penny Ford, uh, Sharon Isaacson, we still get together, we still do book club and walks and so on. So um, all of it, you know, if I, if I didn't have these wonderful memories, it would be pretty sad, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I have wonderful memories of uh, where I taught, the kids I taught, and who I taught with. That's really beautiful, and it sounds like the friendships that we all have from our times at Tomatora, it's nice to hear that um, our teachers have the same long-lasting friendships also. Oh, absolutely, we do. Absolutely. Well, Sandy, really, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that you probably affected the lives of thousands of people if you take into consideration not only the students, but their families and their kids and everything. So it's a real honor to both speak to you and, and you know, just thank you on behalf of all of the people who you affected over the years. Well, thank you so much, Richard. It was just a pleasure talking to you and being able to relive some of these old memories that, uh, you know, that are still that are still there, very vital with me. And good luck to you with your three kids. I hear a lot about them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy Baker, for being on the um, VTT Lost and Found podcast.
Thank you for joining us on the VTT Lost and Found podcast. And now you know that those people who stood at the front of the class and taught us and laughed with us, and yes, sometimes disciplined us, that they were all amazing people who taught us lessons that have stayed with us for our entire lives. To them we say, Todah Thank you very much.